The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. I'm JJ, he's Keith, and the Yankees are your AL East champions. What a week Woo! to be a Yankee fan. Man. Episode 28. Look at that. Whew. I mean, it's a, I, I want to say it's a sign, but we have to do 29. <laughs> like, if we just... If it happened to line up, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, obviously you're a universe guy. Uh, me, not so much. But I think all Yankee fans are looking for, like, symbols with the number 28. Like, all, all yeah. season, you know? Like, stiff arm an old lady at the deli counter to get that t- next ticket number if it's 28. <laughs> yeah, people were uh, tweeting about how, you know, nine. What was it? I don't, my math is terrible. It was uh, nine, 19, 19. And they were like, what's 28 minus 9 is 19, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and number 19, Tanaka was pitching and all that stuff. Right. It was like, I read it because I retweeted it. Uh, someone, I saw it and was just like, I don't even know what the math here is. I'm not even checking it, but that's Keith Sperner. Because it was just so like. Yeah, because like I'm always on that. And I, I'm always on numbers connecting and universe stuff. And I wore Tanaka's number 19 to the game on 9-19. And then I had someone try and get a picture at 9-19. I didn't tweet it out at the time because I was running around. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very into all that. And it, it's sick. We won that game 9-1. You know, it's too perfect. I have a question. You post a lot of things, things obviously, with uh, 11-11. Do you have any kind of alarm set? Or does that just, like, work out for you? 
No, I just see it. And when I catch it on the clock, uh, you know, it's just something I see and I call out. Uh, I think people say make a wish at 11-11. I think I wish on 12-34, 1-2-3-4 on the clock. But I don't know. I've, I've been an 11-11 guy for a long time. Um, I just have some things that connected me to that. I told you my apartment I moved to is apartment 11-11. Um, I used to date a girl years ago who had 11-11 tattooed on her. Uh, I don't care about her at all, Nicole. I love you. It's the call there. She just... That's for when Nicole's gotcha. listening to the podcast on her way to work, and she's just like, "Yo, don't talk about other you gave, girls." I'm like, no, I you love gave you. a look you up my wife. where it was like as if you were looking at her, but it was just the like the realization of if I don't say this right now, this is going to be an issue tomorrow. <laughs> That's yeah. all it was. It was clicking in my head like, "Not nah, there are no other exes or girls before." Where was fiance. the tattoo? Like on her body? On her on her ankle? Ah, I've never seen a good tattoo in my life. That's my theory. So I was just always curious. yeah. I have no tats clean i don't have a body for tattoos uh so the <laughs> yankees are your ale's champions just like i said they'd be similar to how keith said they'd be keith it, keith when you had them at like 96 wins um i had them getting 101 so i even undershot them but to put it in perspective yeah, i don't remember so let's let's universe this keith the Yankees yeah. at home this year were 59 and 24. In 2009, they were 50, or sorry, 57 and 24. 2009, they were also 57 and 24. You know, probably going to, uh, probably going to win the World Series. Connected, man. It's all connected. It is wild, though. They started the- off three and six at home and then went 54 and 18 without losing a series. They're 20, zero, and three in home series this year, which is wild. Yeah, it really is wild. And I mean, I don't want to talk too much about home field advantage anymore. But like when you look at how we play in the Bronx in that stadium, it is ridiculous. And uh, what we put together this year, I, I was fortunate enough to go to more home games than I've ever been to. So I saw a lot of how wins. many do you think you were at this and, year? Um, I don't know. People have been asking me that lately. I think I broke 30 this yeah, year. Yeah, I was going to say I would guess somewhere between 25 and like 32 something like that yeah i think i think i broke 30 i went to five in the last seven yeah um yeah so i mean i'm blessed i'm thankful yeah, for yeah it. it was definitely it was a lot of games this year yeah i mean you don't want to talk too much about like home field because you don't want to get to that point where everyone's like we need home field it's the the fans that are like we need home field or we're fucked you know we're just like we don't yeah. get home field might as well just hand it to the astros when you know from a percentage point standpoint you know we're we're right behind the astros yes they have kind of the tiebreaker but just when you look at the stats i mean if you yes obviously playing in front of your fans waking up in your bed at home like there are all those other things to it too where it's not like football where everyone just sleeps in a hotel the night before like you want tanaka to wake up in his bed and get in his black car or you know however he normally gets there and take the mound like that you want that for all your guys and I think when you look at it, you know, whether it's necessarily home field as the field that they're playing in, because everyone's got to play on that same field, um, or it, it's just those other comforts in life. When you see that a team is 57 and 24 at home, when you see the, our pitchers and their splits of home versus on the road, I mean, you want home field advantage, but and that's not what's important right now. What's important right now is, this team that had 30-plus trips to the injured list, that has had 
more injuries than any team in the history of the game is a 100-plus team, 100-plus win team in 2019, the same year when we didn't get Manny Machado and we didn't get Bryce Harper <laughs> and we didn't go out and land that. a pitcher. You know, I mean, Troy Tulowitzki was our opening day shortstop. We've had Kendrick Morales on the team this year. So many people yeah. have come up. We missed out on Dallas Keuchel. There's all the missing out that Brian Cashman apparently did, but he didn't miss out on making the playoffs, did not miss out on winning more games this year than we won last year with all these injuries. I mean, when you just look at the injuries, it's like, holy shit, how did we do this? Yeah, from opening day, Miguel Andujar, Greg Bird. When you look at that opening day lineup, that is going to be a trivia question for years to come. You know, what guy was at first base? What guy was at third base? Who was playing shortstop for the 2019 New York Yankees? And I feel like people don't talk about it enough. Obviously, I, I scream replace for 28, hashtag replace for 28 all the time. But it is one of the greatest stories in all of sports that we went through this and still came out as the division champs, as a 100-win team. It's almost as if the baseball gods are on our side or something greater is at play here. And, you know, I'm a superstitious person, a universe person. Um, we talked about home field and, you know, baseball players are creatures of habit and superstitious people. And I think that's why we play so well at home. It's a routine thing. It's about being comfortable in a routine and there's power in pinstripes. We saw this year, whoever put on that jersey, whether Mike Ford put on a number 70 jersey or a 36 jersey, he was ready to contribute. And to be where we are right now going into the postseason, I'm not worried about home field advantage. It's awesome to see the record that we had at home. Basically, you know, if you're coming to the Bronx, you're not taking a series from the Yankees. But the postseason is a different animal. Everybody starts off 0-0. It's a different beast. And we'll see how it goes. I am so proud of like the team that we put together that Brian Cashman put together and all the naysayers from the people in the beginning of the year that said, Oh, we didn't get Machado. We didn't get Harper. Um, that cried about LeMahieu and then LeMahieu shows up and he's the MVP. Then at the trade deadline, we miss out on all these guys from fucking Robbie Ray to, I don't even know who they were talking about. Boyd from um, the Tigers to Stroman, whatever those guys don't come back. But then we get a guy like Sevy back, and we got to watch him this week, and he looks like the ace we know he is, and he looks determined, and he looks pissed off, and he looks like he's on a mission. So, hey, we couldn't get the, those guys at the uh, trade deadline, but look at how things just keep working out for us. You have to be optimistic going into the postseason. With yeah, them. I mean, I think when you look at it, and, and it's, I think it's a good point of like kind of self-reflection for Yankee fans because – there's so many, you know, last year we get eliminated by Boston. And the year before, the year before we were on borrowed time, like to get there, to be one game yeah. away, like we were there too early. But in 2016, we did start to see, we were like, oh man, like what Brian Cashman built has been good. And it's, we're starting to yeah. see something. And in 17, it came a little early. And then we didn't really make, we made the big splash of Stanton in 18, but we didn't do too much, you know, at the deadline to really get, you know, the superstars that we wanted. We didn't go out and get Garrett Cole. And now this year, everyone wants us to go out and make those big splashes again. Uh, won it before the season. Then we're in first place at the deadline and, you know, wanted to make it. And yeah, I want us to get every great player, but there are people who are legitimately mad. Like, why didn't we do this 
Brian Cashman has no idea what he's doing. But it just kind of shows that Brian Cashman had every opportunity to trade away the farm system and and right. and make what we thought on paper are improvements. But if you just kind of stay the course and stick to your plan uh, the way Brian Cashman has, you end up being in first place in the division, a 100-plus game winner. We're heading into the playoffs in a very strong position. We're probably going to go up against uh, either – it might be a Twins team. It could be Oakland. It could be Tampa. It could be Cleveland. Like, there's a, a lot of teams still in play. But you just have to think, like, it doesn't matter who we play because at least in that first round, that team has to come and play in the Bronx. And then for that next round, yes, in 2017 against Houston – it went two games in Houston that they won, three in the Bronx that we, we won, two in Houston that they won. The odds of that happening again are so goddamn small. And yes, every team plays better at home, but at the same time, you have to win on the road. If you don't win on the road, you don't deserve to win. And yes, Houston didn't have to do it in 2017 against, but they went other places and they won on the road. You're going to have to win on the road. If we don't win on the road, it's not that we lose this series because we didn't have home field advantage. It's because we weren't good enough to win on the road, which is what you have to do. So I'm not stressed out about home field advantage. It'd be nice to have. I wish we had like a three-game lead, mostly so I could plan my playoff tickets because I don't know what day of the week anything is <laughs> beyond the first round. Right. <laughs> exactly. And I'm not worried about home field advantage. Uh, good teams, World Series teams, steal games and win on the road. When the lights were the brightest this year, the biggest regular season series we've seen in years, Players Weekend, Yankees go to L.A. to play the Dodgers. We almost swept the Dodgers, and that told me everything I needed to know about going on the road to play against a good team. Our guys turned it on from Paxton to Didi to Judge and Mike Ford again. So I'm not worried about this team on the road. Um, and going back to Brian Cashman, thank God I met Brian Cashman this year. Like, this is such a Cashman year because plan a b and c for multiple positions we saw work out we saw guys like geo urshela mike talkman become stars in new york this year that they weren't stars anywhere else and when you look well, at I this think, team right at the I, deadline I to say they weren't stars anywhere else is the undertainment no, they, weren't, they even, weren't even big league players like brian cashman no one, <laughs> no one this even is aladdin diamond like, in the rough type shit they hit their they hit their pro level with us, and when you look at, you know, there's it's just so many Yankee fans, and online the, the noise is so loud, and we hear all of these dumb Yankee fans and people's opinions and comments at the trade deadline when Brian Cashman didn't make a move. Basically, what he was telling you is, I have faith in in the plans that I've already put in place, and I'm not giving away our future. We're trying to win the World Series this year, next year. The like we want to go back to back and start the dynasty up again. We're not going to get fleeced by one of these young general managers to get Marcus Stroman. We're not going to get uh, fleeced by one of these guys to get Robbie Ray. We've got guys in AAA and we've got guys waiting in the wings. And that was shown this year that, hey, like our backups are ready to rock. And we've got young guys that the league hasn't even heard of, but they're put on notice this year to know like, yo, the Yankees are trying to run this shit for years to come. And they're not going to just give away a, Estevan Florial or Debbie Garcia. You'll see them soon. Plus, I think Brian Cashman has done so much in his career already that 
for him to just be asleep at the wheel, which is like, yeah, we all like to tweet like Brian, you know, pick up the phone around the trade deadline. But there are people who are actually mad and don't trust him. You got to remember, Joe Girardi got the Yankees one game from from being in the World Series. And Brian Cashman said it's him or me. And the Yankees said, you, Brian, we're going to keep you. We give you five years, $25 million. Guys probably got more money. I don't know actually how much money he has. He had that whole mistress thing happen, so he he lost some. But (laughs) the guy's got a ton of money. The guy probably never needs to work again. But I think that this is a, you know, this is his, like, you know, Gene Michael-esque, like, setting up his legacy of, yeah, I did it. Then I was playing by different rules. I reinvented myself. And... Now, look, I built this again. I built this again. You you brought up a great point with with Girardi, right? Because there were a lot of dumbass Yankee fans that were kicking and screaming about Girardi. And now look at Boone. Back-to-back 100-win seasons. He looked like the best starting, um, the best manager to have his first two years of all time. Who would have thought that? We're looking at at Aaron Boone as a legendary manager, AL manager of the year this year. 200-win seasons back-to-back. Um... That falls on on Brian Cashman. Like he gets credit for he everything, should. man. He gets credit. He gets credit for all these good times we're having. He gets credit for all this fun we're having. All these things that have sprung up this year from the Yankee culture online and in real life. It's only because the Yankees are good. And I tell people that when they see me in person, you know, they they say, "Hey, man, I, I love the podcast." Or you know, Bronx Pinstripes, you guys are killing it. And I'm like, "Yo, we're killing it because the Yankees are killing it. If the Yankees were ass, no one would care." We couldn't do this if we were doing a Marlins podcast. We couldn't do this if we were Royals fans. No one would I think care. I could make those the Yankees teams interesting. are good. I could like, make those teams interesting and funny. <laughs> I couldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be here every. Well, week. yeah, obviously. Like, Yo, you're suck. a Cowboys, Duke, Florida State, Yankee fan. Obviously, I like yeah. to win. I like to win. <laughs> I mean, I think I said it was really the. Uh, it was actually it was the last thing I did at Barstool. Was here's where I think that Aaron Boone's a perfect manager. And I said, I think he's great because he's going to do whatever Brian Cashman tells him to do, whatever the guys with the, the stats tell him to do. And I think for last year, that 100 wins, that's Brian Cashman's 100 wins. This year, I think Brian Cashman did. He did. And I'm not taking away from Brian Cashman at all, but I don't think we can, like, understate, I don't think be fair to what Aaron Boone has done to on a day-to-day basis because – Brian Cashman built the guys that then we have in Scranton, we have in Trenton, you know, and he's fleecing guys from minor yeah. league guys. But Aaron Boone has to walk into that clubhouse every day and look at all these guys, and Cashman doesn't, and say, yeah, so Stanton's hurt, and Judge is hurt, and Hicks is hurt, yep. and Gary's hurt, and all these guys, and say, but you still need to go out there and give it 100%, and here's why, or whatever it is that he says, because – like, that's such motivation um, that he's done. I mean, For he's sure. going to make more money when he's done as a motivational speaker. Yeah, dude. And we were talking about the replace for 28 chess game months ago in, like, May, June. when It was like we were losing everybody. And I'm like, I don't even know how Boone fills out the lineup. I don't know how he – He's got to ask, it like, how many times do you think – and I don't know if Aaron Boone is physically writing out the lineup card, but how many times do you think he had to go, how do you spell that? Or, like, how do you even say it? <laughs> you know? Urshela, Talkman, Valera, yeah. Estrada. Like, 
Yeah, he's he's sitting there every day thinking, okay, Guardy needs rest. Um, I wish he didn't rest Glaber as much, but like Glaber needed rest, Judge needs rest. But then we're you know we're short on outfielders, or okay, we've got Tyler Wade up, and you know credit goes to Boone. The first year, I definitely looked at Boone as um, okay, perfect guy coming from ESPN. He's going to be great with the media. He's going to say all the right things. Uh, he's got a great team. He's walking into a great team. I could fill out that lineup. This year, I'm like, no, he's playing a high-level chess game of replace for 28. These replacement guys, you don't know who's going to go in there and suck. You don't know who's going to r- rise to the occasion. You might not even know too much about these guys because you've only been around for a year. So credit to Boone, too, as much as we're singing uh, Cashman's praise. You know, my manager is uh, AL Manager of the Year. Yeah, I mean, just like – at a certain point, and I think it's why we don't get jobs of like that standing because he at his age and experience, whatever it is, actually had something to say. Like at a certain point, yeah. I mean, I would just be like, oh, fuck it. guys, I have no idea. They're paying you, so go play, I guess, you know, to get those guys fired up. And I'm sure CeCe helped with that and Gardner helped with that. But knowing where to let those guys interject and where not to is just more credit to Boone. Um, so. The Yankees will be hosting game one of the ALDS next Friday. We don't know when. We don't know what time. Uh, we don't know who. Uh, that Saturday, it's Bronx Pinstripes event, already sold out. 472 people. Uh, we're really excited for that. Again, we don't know what time. Uh, we'll find out. Not everything was good in the world of the Yankees this week, though. Kind of out of nowhere. So to kind of go through the week, we come in on Tuesday, and it starts off with Seve's going to be back. And you were at the game. I'm at the game. Seve gives us four innings. First inning looked a little rough. Second inning comes out, strikes out two, adds two more strikeouts. Yep. No earned runs. Glaber hits his 38th home run as a 22-year-old. The stadium's rocking. It's an 8-0. It's the perfect Tuesday night game. 8-0. Whether you're yeah. at the stadium, you want to leave early. Whether you're you know, watching on TV, you can go to bed early. Whatever it is you want to do, you don't have to worry about this game. And now we get our magic number down to one. We come out on Wednesday, and we lose uh, three to two. Uh, we thought it'd be clinch night. Tommy Canely, you know, gave, gave one up. It stinks. It's not, you know. Oh, no, sorry. Tommy Canely did that on like Friday. So, yeah, we end up losing a game. It's not a big deal. We all stay up. It was, yeah, the CC yeah, start. Yeah, it was the CC start. We all stay up. We're watching. Uh, we're all trying to, whether it's like MLB TV, Reddit, uh, finding an app. I think game a- everybody's staying up trying app. to find the Dodgers. ESPN we're Plus. watching Dodgers, Rays, and no one really knew what we wanted. Like, do we want the Dodgers to win this and then it's just done? Do we want to wait and win it on our own? I personally was just like, let's just win it and let's just get this shit done. Um, but yeah, it started getting late. I went from rooting for the Dodgers, and then once it, once it was getting late, like my eyes were getting closed. I'm like, these guys, I don't want to see video of these guys popping champagne like three hours after a loss. Like, let's go raise and but, let's see if they pull it off. And yeah, I mean, they were able to pull it off. You've got to, uh, you know, to a certain extent, you've got to stay there. Like, if you're the team. Like, as a team thing, you can't, like, get a text message or, like, an ESPN alert. Like, ah, now you're in the playoffs. Like, you got to stick around, which, like, kind of stunk for them, too, because it's like, 
Now you're just sitting around. I know the press and the press is always complaining. They're just like, this is going on for forever. Yeah. You know, like they have the worst jobs in the world sitting in Yankee Stadium <laughs> waiting to interview the Yankees after like, yeah, no. So on Wednesday, so on Thursday, we wake up. We're like, we've got to knock on the mound. Everything's good in the world. We're going to win it at home. We're going to pop champagne. And not long before the game, it breaks out of nowhere. Um, no, yeah. like every source that I have that I've reached out to between real media people, agents, and even members of the NYPD. No one saw this mm -hmm. coming. Domingo Herman gets placed on the commissioner's exempt list while they're being investigated for domestic violence. So the pitcher was initially sidelined Thursday by Major League Baseball officials amid allegations he rushed up his he roughed up his girlfriend on Monday. The same day the couple and other Yankees uh, feted the retiring of CeCe Sabathia at a swanky affair at Hudson Yards on Friday. Sources told the Post that Herman would not return to the field for the remainder of the season and will not pitch in an MLB game again until this is resolved. So from a legality standpoint, uh, no criminal charges have been um, done, uh, have been pressed. Uh, the police are actually not involved in this at all, as far as uh, we know. Someone, there was a rumor that he hit his girlfriend at the party in front of yeah. someone from the commissioner's office. A lot of rumors. That's been since taken back. Um, and we don't know how, but word got to Major League Baseball that there was a physical altercation between Domingo Herman and his girlfriend. Um, and you hate to see that. The uh, rules are that they can put you on the exempt list for seven days and then have to provide at least an update as to whether it's over or they can extend it. So they can keep kind of rolling this. He's still paid, you know, not that that's what matters in this situation, but to give an idea, it's not a suspension. It's more Major League Baseball protecting themselves because you run into like Addison Russell situations where someone says, yep. hey, he hit me or whatever, whatever the case, however this information got to them. And if it turns out, yes, in America, you're innocent until proven guilty. In Major League Baseball, you are not. You are guilty until proven innocent. Uh, because it, they've got to protect the league. Um, it's, it's a bad situation. There is no, either way, either he did this and that's a terrible thing to do. He didn't do it. Someone made it up and that's a terrible thing to do. Or nothing happened. Someone outside of their relationship made something up and baseball made a move um, preemptively, which is still fine, but it's terrible because now you've taken things away from this young athlete. The fact that they came back and said by, you know, Friday or Saturday, listen, it's not going to be done before the end of the season. Uh, and just so you know, we're not going to let you come back and play likely means that they, and the fact that they moved so quickly on, they moved quick enough on it means, I mean, it looks like they have something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, take the baseball out of it. And just think about if this, you know, if this happened to someone you knew and you witnessed uh, a man slapping a woman or hitting a woman, whatever, you know, stop the presses. That's not cool. And it sucks for us as Yankee fans because, yes, we're looking at Mingo like, yo, this guy is a major part of our team. 20, this he was going to be a 20-game winner, we thought. 
I was just about to say he's a 20-game winner. was looking at like a Cy Young guy in the beginning of the year. Someone that we just saw move into the bullpen and we were going to rely on. Fuck all that. Like, throw that out the window. That's done, right? Uh, this news came right after Seve returned, and then we got the news that Dellen uh, ruptured his Achilles. And it's just like, at this point, for me, what else? I'm just not surprised by anything anymore. Um, this whole replace thing is like, okay, now we're replacing guys that aren't even hurt. It's just like a deep game that we're playing, but nothing stops this mission and nothing is going to stop this team. And they came out as if it didn't happen. And I, I saw people in the press or online talking about, oh, Mingo didn't get to celebrate. Like throw all of that out. If this dude has an issue, right, that needs to be resolved before anything Major League Baseball is going to do their due diligence. And of course, they're going to stop it before uh, Addison Russell thing comes up where you're getting text messages or, you know, this thing snowballs and we find out that he's been beating this woman for a long time or whatever it is. It's, it doesn't look good for the game, especially as we head into the game's biggest month. So I hope Mingo gets some help from things that I heard and people sent to me. You know, Mingo's a wild boy. Young uh, guy getting famous. You know, like, that's a thing we, we yeah, always forget because we think about. This is exactly what it is, man. You're in New York City. You're the ace of the Yankees. You're young, and you're from a completely foreign, different place. It's almost like you're in a reality trip. You're in, like, an alternate universe where when you step off the mound and you take that hat off, you might think you're that invincible guy. You might think you're that big dog, and you might carry yourself in a way that maybe you saw in your country, which doesn't excuse it. But, you know, I just wish that um, we can get this guy some help and that better decisions can get made because we heard about something about him crashing his car and all these other things around Mingo that I wouldn't have known. I thought the guy was a sweetheart. You know, I thought he was just a young guy, you know, getting his first uh, real full season in and making the most of it. And it, it sucks for us. But that is not the issue. The issue is that, you know, there is a young woman that was hit or something happened to and um, that needs to get taken care of. Yeah, first. and I mean, again, like we don't know the whole story. I think uh, Bill Burr has like uh, he has a stand-up thing where he's like, "Yeah, Chris Brown hit Rihanna, but you don't know what he she said to him." Did she say, "I'm going to suck all right. your friends' dicks tomorrow"? <laughs> you never know. You hope <laughs> if if something did happen, you hope that maybe he was drinking, and this was the first time it happened, and it wasn't like a hit; it was a grabber. You just hope where it's like she's not hurt. And he doesn't have a pattern of this so that you can kind of feel more um, confident that rehabilitation can happen. So it can be not just penalty, but rehabilitation so that whether it's for the better of their relationship, the better of their lives, the better of his careers. Because while we don't know the details, uh, I do believe in redemption. So I'm not saying like fucking put him back on the field right now. I do believe that after uh, for if it's a one time incident, I do believe people can be rehabilitated I believe people can, you know, find whatever it is, whether they find God, they find a better love in their relationship or walk away from each other and and learn from it. Um, I'd hate to see a 27 year old's life be ruined uh, for a one time mistake. But obviously, if it's not one time and this is and there's, you know, there's a history of this, (laughs) then hopefully there is a rehabilitation that can happen. But it's got to happen away from, you know, away from the Yankees. Yeah, and it's crazy because he pitched the night yeah. before. So uh, the Yankees, I know that Boone came out. He said he heard whispers, whispers, which is so fucking stupid, Boone. You're in the Bronx. Don't I'm talk like, to anyone ever. <laughs> the fuck are you doing, man? Exactly. 
can't say they were fucking whispers. I'm like, oh, as soon as he said that, I'm like, no, there were not any whispers. Like, that's almost like snitching. Like, no, I don't but know. But it's snitching we didn't hear on anything yourself. About it. That's like exactly that. I mean, geez, if you hear whispers, that, I'm like, no, you didn't hear anything, dude. Like, you put him out there because you didn't know. He pitched for the Yankees because we didn't know anything. This this blindsided all of us. I got that alert in the afternoon. I took a nap because I was ready for the clinch party that night. And I woke up to the alert and I just was like, no. But at the same time, when I clicked and read about it, I'm like, hey, if this is if this dude is a woman abuser, if this dude is hitting women, then, yo, get him yeah. off my team. We got a mission to accomplish. Let's move forward. I, you know, it, it's almost better for the team that it's just a uh, that there was a quick decision that this is going to take time. He's out for yeah. the year. So just yeah, kind of leave done. it at that. So this way it's not. Yep. Because there are some people who you see who go, I think there's, there's the extremes, and I think it's a big problem with our country, and I don't want to get too political here, but there are people who are like, fuck this guy, kill him, when we have no idea what happened. And then there are other people who are like, let me see the bruises. Where It's like, you can't do that either. Yeah. You just, let's wait and see. And unfortunately, with the way things are um, in the world and in you know, our country, if there's a rumor that you did this, you gotta, you know, you gotta sit out for a little bit, and it's, you know, and if nothing happened, it's a learning lesson about who you surround yourself with, of uh, you know, who can make things up about you. And I'm not saying his girlfriend, just you know, wherever it came from. So, right, because they said it happened in a residence or whatever. So if these words are going around or traveling, and word is spreading, whether it's true, false, um, severe or not severe, it's definitely going to be a learning lesson for everyone involved. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. We wish, you know, his, you know, his girlfriend and his family and him, like, all the best. Because I think everyone wants to pile on when someone's a piece of shit. Um, and if he was a total piece of shit here, then, you know, something's got to happen. There's got to be a penalty. And hopefully the penalty involves, like, the, the legal system. Because that's, you know, why it's there. So that's not just Major League Baseball policing these things. Uh, I think that's too often we fall back on... Well, the cops aren't involved. And it's like, well, people get scared. You know, just because the cops aren't involved doesn't mean you can't step in and make sure that something that's wrong uh, isn't being treated the right way. So, and then, like, why did, on another note, why did they have to have that legacy, legacy CC party? I just, I was watching the legacy CC event or whatever. I'm seeing the guys look good in their suits, rolling out there. I guess Dellen went out there with his ruptured Achilles. I'm seeing the alcohol flowing. Glaber's posting T-Pain performing. These guys are in the car singing. And I'm just thinking to myself, we don't need any type of incident. We don't need any type of alcohol involved with our players on a Monday night, even though it's What's CC doing throwing a booze just, party? Exactly. How that shit a discovery exactly. I'm like, I'm like, that was a recipe for disaster, but hey, it's over with. Um I, I wish it never went down that way, but we, we have to move on. Replace for 28 continues. The train keeps going. There's one mission here, and clearly the guys have moved on. So we'll talk yeah. about them moving on and what they did in the next series. But I agree. Series. I like, uh, like when they have a softball game on an off day, not that they play in it, but like CC softball game, you're squeezing in charity in between. Uh, but, I mean, could you imagine if we didn't have the lead we had? Imagine we were tied with the Red Sox for first place, and it's like, oh, well, the whole team's doing a red carpet event. It'd be panic yeah. time, dude. So I don't know how I imagine. I'd like be the pissed. timing of planning this comes together, 
but like Hudson Yards isn't available the day before, you know? No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's one. Yeah, that probably was the only date with the Yankee schedule and the booking of Hudson Yards, and they probably booked it months out before we knew Forever, where we yeah. would be in the standings or whatever for this last responsible. <laughs> Tanaka comes out on Thursday, seven innings, one earned run, gave up a home run. I remember when he gave up the home run, I was like, what? Well, there's Tanaka's home run for the game. We're good. DJ LeMayhew hits his 25th, 25th home run. So Frank Marco is buying Scott Reinen a playoff ticket, which is awesome because I was there when those two drunks made the bet. Uh, It was my first time meeting Frank, and I was like, Frank, you got all these saber metrics, but I think you're going to lose this one. Um, And the Yankees clinch, and, and that's great. And Tyler Wade curses on national TV, and it's great. I mean, and that and, and oh, that's yeah. what it's about. <laughs> I mean, it, it stinks because you start off the day. I remember even leading up to it, like with the Herman stuff. It like kind of took away from earlier in the day. I I know you're you were going to the game, so like yeah. for me, even like getting ready to watch the game, and like I obviously I made a video for like our post game video that had been planned out and everything, and I was just like, kind of takes the wind out of the sails. But then, really, once that last out happens, nope, wind is right back in the sails. We won the fucking East for the first time since yeah. 2012. Seven years, man. Seven years. It took seven years for everything, for the stars to align, for the 9-19-19 Tanaka pitching 9-1 win. I love that game. Uh, I had a, a little panic moment myself at that game because I was sitting in great seats, uh, 112, but they were with a group of guys that got the, the tickets And they didn't give me the digital ticket. So I'm outside the clinch party. As soon as I heard DJ hit the three-run home run from La Bodega, I'm like, okay, it's time to go. Clinch party's starting. But then I couldn't get in the stadium because they sent me the wrong ticket. When I went to scan it, it was just like, ant already used. I'm like, here we go. But then once I went in, you could tell it it felt like playoff energy. Everyone was ready to see the Yankees clinch. And it was awesome. You know, Gardy hit a home run. Um, I love that guys like Cameron Mabin hit a home run and Clint Frazier hit a home run. Two guys that in the beginning of the season we weren't really sure about. I mean, Cameron Mabin didn't even exist to us. Right. We didn't. I mean, we got him from from Cleveland for cash. Frazier, I don't know, his story this year has been up and down, has been interesting, but good moment for him to kind of cap off. Bat speed on uh, that, too. It was like the thing he does. It was just bat speed. Exactly. Turned on that one quickly. And everything was right. Uh, It was was perfect. The party that night, I left the party early. I left the party before midnight. But I'm guaranteeing they partied at Billy's and all the other bars until last call or whenever. So many people were happy. People were hugging. People were yelling. Everyone was filming that final out. And it's just a good feeling. You 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 get kind of spoiled as a Yankee fan because we win all the time and we have championships or whatever. But when you really think about it, I tweeted out, I was like, think about your life seven years ago and the time in between and how much has changed. That's a long time for a dominant team like us to not win the division. Oh, I mean, the... Like, I think it's easy to forget, too, even especially with, like, the expansion of the wild card teams and and all that, that, like, our 2012 team was Russell Martin, Mark Teixeira, Robinson Cano, Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, Raul Abanez, Curtis Granderson, Nick Swisher, Eric Chavez. With Andrew Jones, Ichiro, Jason Nix, all on the team, Eduardo Nunez, I mean... 
It was it was such a different team. It was a good team. I mean, it was a good team, but it's such a different team. And when you think about even those guys at that time, like so many of those guys were so old. Whereas now we have like this yeah. young core, which is like what we had in 96, where you have a couple veterans that you're plugging in. You have like a star that you pick up that you plug in there. But it's just so to think about how far, you know, it, it, it doesn't seem that long when you think about we were just almost in the World Series. Like we were a game away from the World Series a couple of years ago that it wasn't 2012. If you asked me to guess off the top of my head, I probably would have said, I don't know, it's probably been like three years, or, you know, because you just lose track of it. Especially watching all these yeah, guys retire. Had, yeah, we had some rough years in between. We had to get the old guys out, the Teixeiras and Beltrons and... Then we had, you know, A-Rod's whole thing and A-Rod, you know, being suspended a year and coming back. And, you know, you forget about those years because we're Yankee fans. We're always looking forward to the next year and the next team and the next championship. So to get an a, a AL East championship this year, it's, it's dope, man. It's a great feeling. And I know that was, you know, Boone spoke on it. He said that was the goal, not to play in the fucking wild card game this year. I know me personally, I hate the wild card game. Too much anxiety. About going Too much to anxiety. Them or, yeah, I just like I'm like I'd rather not. I'm pumped for the AL wild card game. I'm watching ESPN and they're like the AL AL wild card game, 27 outs to decide your fate. I'm like hell yeah, let's see. It. Yeah, we're not gonna be in I'll it. Probably take the night off because it's just like too much anxiety for for everyone else. So now we get to head into a, a, a I think a relaxing weekend. You know, you've got the Blue Jays coming to town. Yes, we're seeing you know guys that we're gonna see for years now. They're trying, you know, they're playing out the season. We go out, we lose four to three on Friday. Hap gives us two earned runs and five and a third, which is exactly what we'll take from Hap in the playoffs. If Hap can yeah. go to the playoffs, that's fucking great. Canely gives up a two home run, uh, two run home run in the seventh. Uh, you were there, so you have a, a bit of a, yep. a story about this home run. Yeah, I mean, I can paint the picture from start to finish. This was the the hangover game. I saw a lot of people that were at the game the night before that were partying at Billy's and uh, La Bodega and the dugout and everything else. This is the hangover game. And, of course, after Tyler Wade comes through with his, oh, this is going to burn so fucking good, he hits a home run in this game. And we're all looking around like, yo, what has gotten into Tyler Wade? <laughs> like, is he going to lead us to victory? No. The next thing, we're sitting in the bleachers. I sat in 203 that night. And the thing about Yankee Stadium is it's a Friday and there are a lot of tourists and people that picked the last Friday night game to come to that don't care about the standings, don't care about home field advantage, don't care about this team. They just want to wear a Derek Jeter jersey that they got 10 years ago to the stadium and get drunk with their friends. So the wave starts up. You know I'm a band the wave guy. I don't know. Everywhere I've been that they've had the wave, whether it's London, whether it's Dodger Stadium, I'm like, ban the wave. London is fine. But Yankee Stadium, no. They got to stop that. We're in 203, and you know the bleacher creatures go hard, and there's people literally arguing back and forth with us, like, oh, we can do the wave. You can't tell us what to do. We paid for our seats. As the wave is hitting its, like, 10th loop, and the bleacher creatures are chanting, the wave stops here. Take the wave to Shea. All that. Boom. Justin Smoke hits a home run. Where? Right in front of 202 bleachers. I thought people were going to start fist fighting. Like, literally, you could just hear it. Like, it was like, oh, this is going to start a, a fucking riot over here. Because these people in the bleachers are worried about home field advantage. It was a tight game that Hap showed up for after he had his bicep injury or whatever. We should have won that game. 
People will blame the wave. Baseball is superstitious. We had a lot of foreigners and tourists and whatever in our stadium. And we end up losing that game like that. And that's whack. I sat there and I just quietly was like, yep, that's exactly how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised we were even in that game. Like you expect to just lose that game. Tyler Wade goes deep, of course, because in the postgame video I did, I said, you know, call out of work tomorrow. And if you have to go. Give it, give it the yeah. Tyler Wade starting in center field effort, which is like what I expected. <laughs> um, and you lose that game, you can't get upset about it. Aside from you know, if you're super worried about home field, but the guys are going to drink the night before. We didn't even give a ton of guys days off, but you know, it's just the way it plays out. We come out on the weekend, win seven two, win eight three. Paxson give us six innings, zero earned runs, seven strikeouts. Ace. Sevy. Five innings pitch, zero earned runs, uh, nine strikeouts. It looks like we're going to go with a couple of openers the next couple games, and then we're going to go with a Paxson, Sevy, Tanaka um, rotation to close out the season, which is interesting because I would set Tanaka up to pitch in a game three on the road, and Tanaka's numbers are just much better at home. Yeah, I don't know. At about the that. same time, though. He's kind of, like I said before, where I wouldn't start him in game one because you need him as that fallback in game two. I think it's just like he's the most trusted arm. So, like, if you're going to – if you think Paxson can go out there and for a while we talked about Paxson only being – being the only starter who's going to be treated like a starter and be asked to go out there for seven, eight innings, you know, if he can get it, where other guys will be kind of on a shorter leash leash because we'll start uh, piggybacking guys. It looks like Seve's played himself right back into the rotation for, you know, as long as, God forbid, if anything goes wrong with him this weekend, I'll fucking kill myself. So he better be healthy. Uh, And Hap, it looks like he's going to pitch out of the bullpen on Wednesday. So instead of starting on Wednesday, they're going to pitch him out of the bullpen. It looks like for the ALDS, three-man rotation with Hap being available. And then obviously with everything we've done with our bullpen this year and openers. uh, Also, CeCe will be out in the bullpen the rest of the year. It looks like. Domingo slapped his way into getting CC onto the, the playoff roster. So we're seeing what the rotation is shaping up like. Um, and our starters that have really been, aside from injuries, starters have been the only other thing we've could, been able to complain about all year. And the last three weeks, they're being exactly who we want them to be. Yeah, it's changed. And uh, maybe Lindsey Adler, someone put it on Twitter that the Yankees starting pitchers ERA in the last, I don't know, month or so has been the best in the American League. Go figure. You know, everyone's talking about, oh, we can't pitch. Oh, I don't know about the Yankees' chances in October with the with the pitching. You know, that's like the casual fan thing to say. I've heard that from some old guys like, oh, yeah, you know, the Yankees got a good chance, but they ain't got no pitching. What are you talking about? If you watched in the last couple of weeks, our guys have shown that they're ready to so rock. I'm good with the guys we got. Like, For everyone go. listening, it's like 6.30 on Tuesday. So about 30 minutes ago, did you see what Marcus Stroman did? So no. Brian Cashman, I guess, gave a quote where he said, you know, we, yeah, we looked at Marcus Stroman because now people are, everyone's giving Cashman all the credit. He said, we looked at Stroman. We really looked at him. We didn't see him as a game changer, uh, which is, I guess you could take that as an insult, but like, that's just the honest part of this business. So Stroman tweeted out his stats compared to the Yankee stat starters for the season. But it's for the whole season. And not for a while he's not been the on the Mets. Half. Which is like dramatically yeah. different. 
Exactly. Way, way to skew that into your fa- favor, Marcus. Uh, he's not a game changer, and he's with the corny-ass Mets, and that's what happens when you do all that beasting, talking about, oh, I'm back in the city, riding through the city, listening to Hot 97, and like everything else that he was doing to try and get picked up by us. The way the league works, they weren't going to let him fall to us. And we didn't look at him as a guy that we needed to you know, sell too much to get. Um, I'm fine with not having Marcus Stroman. Stroman. I said on the podcast, it'd been cool to have a black dude with a do-rag on the mound in the Bronx, but yo, he's whack for even trying to throw out his stats and compare. Like, no, let's look at what you've done in the Mets uniform in Queens the last three months versus what our guys have done. And it'll justify what Boone has said. And he won't be in the postseason. He'll be somewhere in New York. We'll be in the postseason rocking in New York. So whatever. He dude. might be in the stands, man. He's a Yankee fan. Yeah, he really yeah. might find. He might be in the suites. I might have to go find. Him. <laughs> Good luck in the suites. Security's tighter for the playoffs. I can't wait to see what you. pull Yeah, off. I know. Different, different game. I'm gonna really have to I maneuver. Can't wait to see what you pull off. <laughs> um, so that's the week of Yankees baseball. Let's talk some injuries. Tuesday. Uh, I mean, I I did the post game video because I was behind the Angels dugout. So I make this post game video. I feel good about it. I think it's funny. And then four minutes later, people are tweeting out, oh, by the way, Dellen Batances, partial tear of his Achilles. So when he came in the game, had those eight pitches, looked great, took his little hop off the mound. Turns out he partially tore his Achilles, and he won't need surgery. They don't think walking boot four to six weeks. Dellen's a free agent soon. Soon? Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. I mean, it's good for us. Because... Like, I kind of feel bad because he – an Achilles is so hard to come back from. And if he makes it through rehab fine, there'll still be some differences. I mean, if we look at Zach Britton last year, like, he wasn't perfect. He wasn't, you know, fully there. You've kind of got to change some of the stuff that you um, that you do. So now we've got Dellen for, you know, one more year and – Maybe we could get him for like three years right now on a much cheaper deal than it's going to be. I feel bad for the guy because he did. He worked his way back. It's been a tough year. The, the Yankees tell him he had bone spurs in his arm when he was 17 or whatever it was. A lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because – I feel like it's really tough just because he's a New Yorker. So like he grew up liking the Yankees. Yeah, we native. wanted him – to a certain extent, we wanted him to be like the next Jeter, guy who always wanted to be a Yankee who got to play out his dream. Um, He'll stay a Yankee now. Yeah. I mean, it sucks because I root for the for the guy from the way we did him dirty in arbitration. Some of the stuff we said about him. I remember in what was it 2015, him blowing that series uh, with the Dodgers and we were trying to fight to get in. And there were some, you know, games that he gave up and people were really on his ass. But he's a native New Yorker, uh, you know, six, eight dude. And I really was like I was talking about it on the podcast. I'm like, when we get that late inning Sevy gas when we watched him throw eight pitches in toronto he was geeked up so geeked up that he uh hurt his achilles and not to throw our strength and conditioning and our medical team under the bus but hey everybody else has done it that type of injury is exactly why they're being looked at that's exactly why they're talking about maybe we bring in a different medical staff different trainers because if this guy is coming back and he's ready to pitch He needs to be running. He needs to be working out. He needs to be limber so that he doesn't rupture his Achilles in a way like that. Like, he didn't rupture it 
throwing a pitch. He did it like just in a skip. So that shows that he wasn't stretched out. He wasn't ready to be doing baseball activities all the way. His, it's like when pitchers, was like Tanaka pulls two hamstrings and it's like, but you're a professional athlete, you know? Right. It's like, so, so like these guys have to, they, they have to get a different strength and conditioning coach. They have to get different um, people in the medical staff that do things to get these guys warmed up, loose, and ready to play. And when they're going out there, they should be loose. And it shouldn't be a guy like Edwin tweaking his oblique because he's still kind of tight in the cold and rain in Detroit. Like, everyone's got to be limber, loose, and ready to go all year. Um, and back to Dellen, like I said, he's he's not going to get that big free agent payday now. He's not going to be able to go out there and test the market and see what people want to pay for him. He's been an all-star with us. He's a native New Yorker. And uh, like I said, it sucks for him, but... I don't want to say it's a win for us, but I think we have the upper hand now, or I know we have the upper hand now with signing him. You know, he's going to he's going to stay a Yankee and we're going to get him at a good rate and hopefully he comes back healthy and is still the same. Yeah, I guy. think it's just tough for him to take whatever we offer or go to arbitration would be a nightmare and say, I didn't really play this year. I've got a partial tear in my Achilles. You don't know what I have. Um He's yeah, not, he can't do that. I do think that. we put a three-year deal in front of him at like a reasonable rate. Um, even you know, uh, three years in front of him at like ten million dollars a year, or, or actually probably less. Um, and, and I think we get him, and then he could try you know in a few years if he wants to, but win some World Series. So it's unfortunate, uh, but it does kind of benefit us in the long run. Gary Sanchez, I was not worried at all, but uh, we just saw he was on the field before the game today, batting practice. He's hopeful to return. Uh, after being sidelined nearly two weeks with a left groin strain. Uh, he's not willing to rush it, though. He's always hopeful that he'd be back. Um, he knew. He said, I knew that because our trainers do tremendous work. And I was like, come on, man. We know that's a lie. <laughs> um, they would be able to put me in a position to feel how I feel right now. Uh, we saw him before a uh, game the other day on the field. Uh, he caught Tanaka's bullpen today. So I think, really... Maybe Saturday, get him in for like yeah, he's, half a game. He's fine. Sunday, get him in for. Did a you game? see Brian Hoke's video? Brian Hoke was putting yeah. out videos of Edwin and, and Gary. Like they're fine. I so at least they look fine. They in look the, in, fine in the batting. Like, I, I believe in the batting that practice fine. they look fine. Let's wait till for Gary. Let's wait till like Saturday and Sunday and let him catch like five innings of each game. Get a couple of at bats. Uh, maybe put him. You want to activate him? Let him pinch hit or maybe DH like on Friday. But I don't want a lot of wear and tear on him before the playoffs because let's just – I'm kind of like let's just pull everyone off the field. I think Edwin is campaigning yeah. to be in uh, Wednesday's lineup, but uh, he's kind of been told like we're looking more like Friday. Him, we don't need as much out of, so that's fine. Just, you know, be ready to swing. Uh, I trust both those guys. They said that they would be ready, uh, you know, and I think it comes down to – you know, a desire to realize, like we talked about, I think it was last week or the week before, like Edwin Encarnacion is an old guy. He does not, yeah. you know, he's been to the playoffs. He's gotten really close. And he knows he has a chance to go out there and, like, for his age and the kind of money that he really does command, there aren't really a ton of great teams that have that availability for him. So, he, you know, this could be his last legitimate shot. And for Gary to know how close we were two years ago and how much we've just been through this year, uh, you know, I think both of them fought, worked hard uh, to make sure that they'd be back. I think the fans should appreciate that. Um, and then yeah. 
it's time, man. It's now. It's now or never. Everyone knows that. It's now or never. And this just came to me randomly. The Yankees need to set up some kind of like hot yoga or something. Maybe not hot yoga. I like hot yoga out of the yogas that I've done. But these guys need to be doing yoga to like get limber, get stretched out. Maybe that's something they implement in the offseason. I don't know who's listening to this, but find the baddest chick or chicks or multiple chicks. And maybe it doesn't have to be chicks, but I'm setting up my mind. Like if I'm a baseball player and I want to go to yoga studio or not. Yeah, but I feel like that's how we get like a sexual harassment charge in like a couple years. Like (laughs) I mean, even Peyton Manning put his asshole on a girl like that's, you know, you got to be careful. I mean, he did. All right. So no yoga. But But we need to to find some remedies for this. We need some spiritual remedies after we win it this year. We need to figure out some type of way to heal this team so moving forward we can win back-to-back and compete with this young core and we don't ever see this many trips to the I.L. again. Like, even for – I'm fine with it, like, for October. It's getting cold. I want – instead of just, like, what – I don't know. Everyone kind of does their own thing. I want to see, like, team stretches. I want them all lined up. Yeah. One, two, three. Like doing whatever they like. Have. Football style. Yeah. Make these guys do jumping jacks, do high knees, do leg kicks. Like, okay, everybody is yeah, loose now. Like, right? That's the, at the end. Nobody can pull anything. It's not possible. And hopefully the weather holds up. It was 88 degrees yesterday. So we're only like, yo, it's coming, man. Like, if it's not freezing cold in October in the Bronx, everyone should be limber and ready to go. I can't have anyone go down during this postseason run. So, like, prayers up for all yeah. that. Yeah, dude, I, I'm with you. I mean, it's, you know, 10 days out or whatever, but they're saying that we're looking at, like, high 60s uh, for the beginning of the playoffs, which is nice. Last injury update kind of came out of nowhere as I'm, like, putting together the injury updates. Aaron Hicks is throwing again. Um, he threw from 90 feet. Yeah, I saw Nick's article. And 120 and feet. Sucks. And it's – I mean, listen, it – I get it. Like, he says, like, you know, I'm not out for the playoffs yet. Listen, you're out for the playoffs because we have a team chemistry. I just don't know who you – Yeah, he's done. You know, like, honestly, I'd rather have Tyler Wade right now because uh, he's more of a valuable runner than Hicks because he's had, like, a billion soft tissue injuries. So, Hicks is trying to come back. I don't think he's going to be able to. And I think the Yankees are just going to tell him, like, listen, at a certain point, unless six people get injured – like, we don't need you right now. Focus on being healthy because you just went through the first year of your extension. Pretty injured. Yep. And went, <laughs> I was just and to it's say. tough when you hear that, like, there was no tear or anything. It, it, everything's coming back clean. It's like, did you try as hard as you could? You have to wonder. Yeah, this guy is a part of the team for the future. Um, his deal is done. Um, I got to meet his brother this year. I'm captain of the Hicks Hive, but the healthy Hicks Hive, because healthy Hicks is raw. You guys have heard me talk about it. Power arm, power hitter, switch hitter. Guy can steal bases, and he gave us that moment in Minnesota this year that no one will ever forget. Won the game for us, catch of the year, and don't let anyone vote on Twitter or MLB Network or anything else to say there was a better catch this year because there wasn't. But as far as Hicks goes... He's going to miss out on this postseason run. Um, Shut it down. I just, you know, I don't know what to say at at this point. The guy is fragile. That's our center fielder of the future. Uh, But we're going to get this next World Series without him. And he's he better conditioned in the offseason. Otherwise, he's a corner outfielder of the future. Um, 
Yeah, Jason Dominguez come yeah. through. <laughs> so that's what we got for around the league uh, for the Yankees. Now around the league, a couple things have happened. The Astros clinched three straight 100-win years, uh, third straight division title. Um, A.J. Hinch gave a uh, clubhouse speech that I know you had, uh, you had oh, some issues. Yeah, you got to read no, my no, notes. No, I want you to read this. You've got some feelings, and I want you to share them with the world. Yeah, so I know you guys have seen the video of the Astros celebration after they clinched, and they're in their clubhouse popping bottles. But before that, A.J. Hinch is talking about, well, I know we've got a Cy Young Award winner in here. I don't know if it's Cole or if it's JV, these guys are whooping it up. They're like, uh, we also have the rookie of the year in here. Obviously, they're talking about your Don. And then they're like, and then we also have a guy that's looking for his first MVP in here. Fuck no, Alex Bregman. So these guys are basically like they're in their locker room and they're, they're even like kind of tongue in cheek about like, oh, no one thought that this team was a postseason team. We're a postseason team. And they're celebrating all their accolades that are individual accolades. And I'm just like, okay, great. Like, after hearing this clown brag about all the, like, trophies they're bringing home, they, they forgot one. They forgot the one that everybody knows we've been looking for for 10 years. And I know for a fact that we're in their heads and we're in everyone that watches baseball's heads because it's our time. And they're not thinking about us right now. Okay, they're thinking about what, what trophies they're going to rack up at the MLB Awards on MLB Network. Perfect. I, I like love the speech. I saw the speech and was like, this is perfect because you guys aren't – your eyes – They're, eyes not, thinking not, about, the they're not thinking about what we're thinking about. It's one about. of those things, and it can happen too, um, that you have these wins. And, again, like they have some young guys there, and they have guys – they didn't really have – like their veteran presence when they like first won. Obviously, like Verlander came in and helped, but it was like Cameron Maben. Like, so you Brian you have McCann. a lot of yeah. like guys who are really in this last three years have become stars, and it's very easy to take your eye off the prize there. And you know, Houston's a fun city. Houston's number three largest city in America. Houston has no state income tax. Houston has a lot of strip clubs. Very easy when you're doing well to not be able to focus in Houston. So I love it. Yeah, it was. I watched it and was like, what the, why is this guy talking about this stuff? Like, why would you do that with cameras there? Like, you know? Yeah. Very rough. Like, that's not, <laughs> it's not the focus, bro. But hey, I'm, I'm sitting over here in New York, like, okay, you showed me where your mind is at and like how you're pumping up your team. I didn't hear, like, I didn't hear one thing about we got one goal, one mission. We're bringing There's home oh the yeah, World the work's like, not done yet, you know? Like Right, I didn't hear anything about that. So cool. No, it's uh I mean, you got to hope that they end up like if they end up getting home field over us. We've got the Twins, not super worried about the Twins because um their bullpen's not great. Like we can go in there, we can wear this team down and beat them even if we don't just beat the shit out of them like we normally do. La Bamba squad, and they might live and die on that home yeah. run. And, but Houston could find themselves in a five-game series against Oakland, who they've already played 19 times this year. They could wear each other down. Houston has had some injuries, not as many as us, but like they've got guys who are banged up. You get out there in Oakland, you got those drums going, 
And, I mean, Oakland could surprise them. And then Oakland's definitely not going to beat us. If, they, if Oakland advances, like, they're never going to make it to the World Series because they just fall on their faces every time. But, yeah, it seems like Houston maybe has their eye off the prize. Another team not contending for the prize anymore is the New York Metropolitans. New York's team, um, Pete Alonzo, he got a lot of shit for this, uh, for possibly crying <laughs> on the field. Uh, there's talk of Rookie of the Year. There's talk of MVP talk. There's talk of, you know, Judge's home run record. I think he's sitting at 50 home runs right now. Um, I don't have an issue with Pete Alonzo possibly crying there on the field um, because – I do. Okay. So, but go ahead. so for me, I mean – I just think, like, what if you worked at something your entire life, like really worked at it so hard, and then you got to, like, the top level of being able to do it, and, like, you performed better than everyone else, like, around your age or possibly, like, in the entire league, and, like, but you got drafted by the Mets. Like, I'd cry, too. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for you to say I'd all that to say, too. but then at the end like, of that's the day, sad. I would look that's around. Sad. <laughs> And I'd be like, this is the Mets. This ain't the Yankees. I'm on the New York Mets. What did he think? They lost to the Marlins. You can't beat the Marlins. He was, like, getting choked up. Probably. <laughs> I can't even talk about it. He's getting choked up. Who is he next to? Jeff McNeil? Yeah, that fucking These guys truck look driver. Like the saddest. They look like the saddest little boys in the world. It's like, come on, guys. You didn't really think you were going to the postseason this year, did you? You you really did. They they bought into that New York hype. Whoo, that that hype machine in New York, it'll get you. They thought they were going to the postseason. Yeah, right. They had a hot week in July where the Mets took back the city and everybody was wearing Mets hats and all of a sudden people were going to City Field. Bro, get the fuck out. Yeah, of I mean, I don't blame them for crying. <laughs> that sucks. Like that sucks, man. <laughs> that stinks. Yo, yo, all right. So this is what I'll say about him, right? He had a great year, and this year they were comparing him to Judge. Um, but he popped on the scene in this juice ball Rawlings era that we all know. These, these balls got a little extra pop in them. So, like, bring it, bring it back. Like, wrinkle it back in, dude. You're not going to win MVP. You might win Rookie of the Year. I don't know where his home run total is at if he's going to pass Judge or whatever. But, like. Chill out, bro. And I understand he's a young dude. How old is, is Pete Alonzo? Under 25? Yeah, I just had him pulled like, up. He might be. I don't know how old he is. And, and I understand. I'm an emotional person, too. <laughs> his, his body he's is 24. 40. He, he, he might be. Yeah, his birth certificate is 24. His, his body is, is uh, Dad. the opposite. Um, so, but um, realistically, there's no way he thought he was going to, like, propel the Mets into the postseason. And then... Wrangle it back. If you got to the postseason, what were you going to do? You weren't going to like, get in the wild card game and lose. That's why, I like, looking at these grown men get choked up like that. Like, come on, bro. Hold that. Like, get it together. Like, you weren't going to do anything. And, it, and it's a wrap. And I guess your little fairy tale season was cool for Mets fans because they had nothing else to root for. But, like, they got to fire Mickey Calloway and start this thing all over again. And uh, we'll see if Pete Alonzo can repeat. And do this again for years to come. That's the thing about New York and these sports around here. The hype train is cool for a year, but you got to come back and do it again, bud. So, you know, dry your eyes, polar bear. You, you got to save those crocodile tears, bro. You got to come back and do it again and again and again if you do want to see the postseason. 
And I got no sympathy for you Mets fans, especially on Let's Twitter. be honest, as a Met, like he doesn't have to come back and do it again. He just if he just sticks around for a long time, they'll all blow him like David Wright, who accomplished nothing in his career. Right. There you go. Just be just be decent on a scrub team for another ten years and you'll yeah, be king. Exactly. So sorry the Mets didn't make the playoffs. I'm really sad about it. Um so let's talk about us, man. What happened the other day, man? You went, you went to the stadium. You see Meredith. So I pulled up, and you're like, I pulled up Saturday. Uh, I seen a, a blonde bombshell at the Buzz in the Bronx. She wasn't getting her hair cut, but Yes Network had the whole and Meredith was thing there set too? up. She, she, that's what I'm oh, talking okay. about. I, I, I saw her from a, a far distance. I got off the train. I'm like, I thought when I looked at it online, I was like, okay, Michael K is there. Let me hurry up and get there. But then I saw Meredith was in the seat, and I'm like, all right, bet. Meredith is here. There's a bunch of people lined up, a bunch of people standing around. Me, I didn't waste my opportunity. They were wrapping her up. They're like, okay, Mer- Meredith's done in five minutes. They're trying to move her along, get her into the stadium. I said, yo, let me sneak in here. I was like, hey, can I get a selfie with Meredith? They gave me maybe 10 seconds to rap with Meredith. And I said, hey, I'm Keith. Nice to meet you. Can I get a selfie with you? You know, my, my co-host will love this. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, so you got your picture with Meredith. And you told her I was blocked. And Of course. And so I said, I said to her, she's like, uh, she's like, why would your co-host love this? I said, because he's blocked. And she goes, well, if he's blocked, he probably said something that I didn't like. And I said... Something, I'm sure. <laughs> so, here's the thing. I never have said anything to Meredith. Never. Now, you've never tweeted. At, we, if we go search your name I've and her said name to her on Twitter. I've in 2013, loving the new hair, babe. Because she had her hair done differently. Um, compliment. compliment. Um, she has posted pictures of Derek Jeter on the field in 2013 that I like retweeted and stuff. Um, I asked her a question about uh, fan workouts on uh, Friday in uh, February. And then by February 2015, I was blocked. Maybe she just blocked I can tell you exactly. all of Barstool. I can tell you I was blocked. Because here's the thing. <laughs> Keith, you're doing some, uh, some work uh, with the Yes Network. And I've, uh, I've done some work with the Yes Network. So... When I went to the Yes Network, uh, they brought me in, and I'm not going to name any names here because it's a much better story this way. I got asked, hey, so kind of in vetting you, one of the things is like you're blocked by Meredith. What did you do? And I said, I actually did nothing to Meredith. As a part of Barstool Sports, we have a, um, a very vocal fan base who maybe doesn't say the right thing all the time. And people would tweet at me often that Meredith had gained some weight in 2014 into early 2015. Nah. And they wouldn't say, hey, Meredith has gained some weight. They'd say some other things. I No, nah, I remember. They, they were I never though. said anything. I never, I never nice. responded. I never liked. I never retweeted. And I know I did it because I was like, you know what? For where, where I could go with this at the time, bad look. Not going to do it. Especially talking about a woman's looks like that is it, – it does – listen, at the time, just like I said a couple weeks ago, I was white 
and a man living on the Upper East Side. You're not allowed to say anything. <laughs> so I never said anything. I got blocked. So they asked me what happened. So I explained this to them, and the response that I got was, yeah, that makes sense. Every time we post her on Facebook, people call her fat, and then she complains to us, and we don't know how to tell her. If you don't like it, lose some weight. We can't spend our whole job deleting Facebook comments. Oh, no. But can't well, say that to her. She looks good now. I've never had an uh, issue with they, her. I don't know what... She looks good now, Mayor Bear. I, I, I seen you Saturday. You was killing them with the shades, the little pink you had on. I'm a fan. Always been. Always been rocking with you. Kim Kim Jones. Kim Jones went to the NFL Network. I'm like, get her out of here. I'm I'm Team Mayor Bear. Uh, Kim Jones is great. I've been drinking with her. Um, so, <laughs> okay. You listen. So uh, Meredith, I didn't do anything to earn this block, but. If she like she should unblock me, I think I could be an asset to her. But this might be a cat and mouse thing that takes a while. Eventually, I'll get to tell her I didn't say those things about you. And you can look, you can look it up. I never said it. I don't delete tweets, but I'll work on it for you, man. She said she would follow me. I didn't actually check to see if she followed me, but she reposted me on her story. I, I tagged us. I said, "Oh, we lit lit." She put that on her story, and then I got the follow right away from uh, Nancy Newman. Yes who I used to follow and I forgot about, and then I just followed her back. So I'm like, all right. You know, my thing came out with the Yes Network, so now I'm making some Yes Network contacts and, uh, you know, part of the little Yes Network family. So that's cool. So maybe I'll be able to talk to Meredith and tell her, hey, listen, George's Box, we are Yes Network people. We are fans. We're both good. So you also took your life into your own hands to a certain extent this weekend. And really all week. I think you just, at a certain point, you got yeah. your mail forwarded to La Bodega. Yeah, I you set up yeah, camp. So every game, every game, I think, except for the Sevy game, because the Sevy game, I was in there um, early. But like four days in a row, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I, I went to La, La Bodega before and after the game. Sunday after the game, I didn't go because Nicole and I drove back. But I was in La Bodega a bunch of times. And I think I put in the chat, as soon as I walked into Bodega, into La Bodega and I got my, my spot, said what's up to people, like I knew that there was this like energy from, I guess, the past couple of weeks. Like it kind of died down, but like neither you or me or anyone from Bronx Pinstripes had popped into the place. So I knew that there would be some, you know, either tension or weird energy in there. And this drunk dude goes, hey, yo, Bronx Pinstripes, don't get us fucking raided. And I'm just like, all right, let me sit down for a second. And I send that to the group, but... You know, like that dude, like didn't matter. He was just drinking. He was just, I think, just giving me a hard time. I talked to some of the people in there and they recognized me from, you know, the last couple years before we did George's Box, before, you know, a lot of things. I, I ended the season last year in La Bodega. And I think what I did was like bridge the gap a little bit and like undo whatever people were saying. And no one was really pissed off from when we talked about it on the podcast. You didn't expose anything. What you did, which I love is show a deep cut, show a Yankee Stadium speakeasy, show a place that someone has to physically bring you. You don't just go to La Bodega. You don't just pop into La Bodega. It's a each one teach one type of thing. So what I basically did was drink, party, get to know some of the regulars. And obviously I do know a lot of the regulars, but just let people know like, yeah, I'm Bronx Pinstripes. You guys have seen me on Bronx Pinstripes, George's Box. Like my co-host obviously didn't give anything up. 
if anything, we were bigging you guys up to say, yo, this is a spot that you don't know about at Yankee Stadium. This is the most lit spot. This is that speakeasy spot, that secret spot that not everybody gets to go to. And out of respect, you know, love, all that came back all week. I popped in. And they say, obviously, they say you're good. They said you just got to come back in on the humble. Like, I guess they took it as, okay, you, you brought cameras in there to boost your social media. And I told them, I'm like, yo, this dude doesn't need to bring a camera into here to gain followers or boost his social media. What he was doing was giving people that, like, you know, that extended cut of, like, stadium eats. Like, okay, here's one that's, like, a little bit off the yeah. rip. I mean, I think me going in there humble is probably never going to happen. Um because I don't like I'm not gonna go in and apologize. So I'm gonna be like, oh sorry you guys no. were breaking the law and I didn't tell people where you were breaking the law. <laughs> like that's you know and again, because I'm not gonna give up no, the location, but there's a courthouse two blocks from Yankee Stadium. Yeah, literally full right of around cops. the corner. So like and there's 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 nothing but cops all around Yankee Stadium. And and like and the thing is, know. no one n- n- what cop in the Bronx is going to be like, you know what? I'm going to be the one who shut down La Bodega. You probably, you'd end up on desk nah. duty because half the people in there yeah, are nah. fucking cops. So you end up on desk duty right. as it is. It's, I think it was a ridiculous thing. I mean, honestly, at my age, like, who knows when I'm going to end up back at La Bodega. Like, I hadn't been there this year at all. I normally go, like, once a year, like, because I can. And I think a year from now, people probably won't even remember it, that it happened. But... If so, I don't know, maybe someone will kill me. Nah, but it doesn't matter. The thing about La Bodega is everybody goes there with their own intentions on their own vibe. Saturday, right? We won Saturday and it was a barbecue at La Bodega. They set up the grill. There was free food. You know, it was a good time, good vibes. Um, you know, I brought people there for their first time. People that have been in Yankee Stadium for years that have never seen La Bodega or that were told, oh, you know, come to La Bodega, but like that's what I'm saying. It's it's a part of the Yankee culture. It's a part of the people that are in the Bronx, like physically in the Bronx, going to games. You either know or you don't. If you know, you know. And like there is no like nobody's gonna like do anything to no, anybody. Not at all. And that whole thing like blew plus over. if someone was even La Bodega, rude to me, looks- I just walk outside and call the cops. Like. Cause I'm white. No, it never goes up down like that, man. It's it's family in there. It's love, man. Shout out to Juan. Shout out to everybody um, that works at La Bodega. That's that's this is what I'll say. You know, the last thing about La Bodega, it is a business. It is a family business. It is owned by someone, and at the end of the day, they want people to come in there and make purchases so that they make money. That is the bottom line, right? If no one knew about La Bodega the business wouldn't be booming. And I don't know if it's booming, but they're right around the corner from like any of those businesses around Yankee Stadium are supposed to eat and are supposed to profit for the months, right? Even Billy's, dugout, stands. Those the cold season's coming. The season, like, winter's coming. Exactly. So like, it'll all blow over. I mean, it's done. It really doesn't matter. But like, once it gets cold, like no one's going to be chilling at La Bodega. And then it'll fire up for next year and it's a fresh new year. And if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Again, I don't suggest you trying to walk around the Bronx and find a La Bodega. There's a bunch of bodegas that aren't La Bodega. I do don't you think suggest I, do that you, you try and do it on your own. Do you think anyone has gone to another bodega? Because there are a couple bodegas like right near there that could be mistaken. And tried yeah, to like, there's a, I don't know, walk, walk into the back to, and they're like, what? There's a storage room. No, it's like because it's like some it's some Harry Potter shit. You got to like go through the bookcase. Yeah. And, you know, pop out on the other side. You can't just, like, you can't just find it. And it isn't. There's there's 
there's three other bodegas in walking distance that aren't La Bodega. And you don't want to be the dumbass that's like trying to figure it out. So either someone takes you or, or, or they don't take you or you never go. Go to Billy's. Go to Stan's. Go to Yankee Tavern. That's why those spots are there. Yeah. I mean, listen, I had no problem with La Bodega. I got a problem with the people who threaten me, who don't represent La Bodega. They have, I know they have, they're in no exactly. position to do they're that. They're just online. They're just mad. They're online, whatever it is. I think La Bodega and places like it help keep the Bronx being the Bronx. That's why I didn't show where it is. One thing that I will say a lot of people have said to me who I know, even people, Bronx pinstripes people, have asked, and you may, maybe you've seen in the chat, maybe people have asked, where is it? And I still won't tell anyone. I've heard people be like, dude, I'm your friend. You can just tell me. I go, no, I could bring you. I would never just tell someone. Right. I've never told anyone where it is. I've never told anyone the address or what the outside looks like or how to get there. With me, even when I, I took, um, shout out to uh, Ashley from Section 103. If you guys are in the stadium, you see Ashley in 103. I took her there this weekend and she had heard of it. And basically, I was like, yo, if you are heavy in the Yankee culture, you've been going to Yankee Stadium your whole life. You've been sitting in the same section for years and people have told you about La Bodega. Like, let me take you so like we can break that wall. We can break that down. OK, now you know where La Bodega is and you can go yourself. Now you're in with us. It's, it's a family, man. It's really Yankee family. And, and this week being the last homestand, the final, final homestand, that's why I was at La Bodega because I'm like, yo, these people are fam. These are people that are in the stadium. These are people that live and die with the Yankees the way I do. And we're all talking the same shit. We're talking champs. We're talking World Series. We're talking postseason. We're talking about it's our time. Nobody's on no beef. Nobody's on no, oh, why did you tell where Labo Dago Like, that's people writing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram that don't represent the actual Yankee fans that are there every day, uh, every week. So, anyway. Well, hey, it's been, uh, it's been a good season. Listen, we don't need the negativity. You're right. We, uh, we got one more week of baseball. We got, you know, five more games. We're going to get together next week. We're going to talk about the upcoming uh playoff preview uh so for anyone listening go give us five stars give us a good review here's our game plan moving yeah. forward so Bronx pinstripes obviously has two podcasts the other podcast andrew and scott uh they're more equipped right now to and we don't want to just give you all the same shit again and again and again they do a podcast every game for throughout the playoffs um we're not going to do that we are going to shift to a uh, schedule that does the playoff series. How exactly that's going to break out, we're not 100%. Because like, as I think about it right now, like should we record one on Tuesday or should we maybe wait and know who we're going to play, which would make more sense for you listening at home. So follow us on Twitter, at George's Box Pod. Uh, follow us on Instagram, at George's Box Pod. And you'll find out when the next episode is going to come out as we kind of work out the schedule. Because it could be that we're doing one a series. It could be that, you know, we sweep. So we want to recap that series and we want to preview the next series. We're going to be, we're just going to keep it with some fluidity so we can get you the best content. So we've always been, we very much believe in every Wednesday you should have a pod, every Wednesday you should have a pod because that's schedule. But when we get into the playoffs, we want to be able to give you uh, a combination of more and a combination of the right content. So um, we're looking forward to it. I mean, a Friday and Saturday night to start the playoffs is going to be movie. a movie. As the Real kids life say. movie. Keith, you got anything else for the people? Yeah, man. 
Um, it's it's time. It's October. This is the biggest month in baseball. This is the culmination of the season. This is what all those hours and all those dollars and all that time that you spent putting into the Yankees and being a fan is all about. We've done it. We've won the AL East. You know, we still have some things that could possibly change this week, but we're going into the postseason and that first round, we don't have to step into the wild card. We're going in with home field advantage. So tell a friend to tell a friend about George's box, about the BP show, about Bronx pinstripes, right? The best people doing it, the best guys out because now it's lights, camera, action. And that's when the casual fans say, oh, I'm a Yankee fan. Oh, how do I, how do I figure out, you know, how to learn about what the Yankees are doing or what's the best way. Tell them to listen to George's box, follow George's box, follow JJ online, follow me online. We will show you. I will show you every day. I'm at the stadium. I'm turning the camera on. I bring a camera with me. I turn the story on rate, subscribe, review. It's only going to help us do more. You guys have helped us do a lot this season. You guys have helped me do a lot this season and I'm thankful for it. Replace for 28 continues. You know what it is. So follow us at George's Box Pod, Twitter, Instagram. You'll know when the next episodes are coming out. Uh, maybe we're looking for questions. Uh, just follow them. Beyond that, I've been making a shit ton of memes. I'm 34. I'm making memes. I don't know if they're good. <laughs> Keep going. They're weird. I've had several people. We've had several people ask, both in Bronx Pinstripes and outside of it, who is running your social media account now? And they were very surprised when it's me. Uh, so follow us. Uh, game two. We'll be sections 205 and 206, I believe. We bought out both those sections. So it'll be a whole Bronx Pinstripes crew. Uh, I Keith, I assume, is going to be at every game possibly playing. Uh, I'll be at game one. Uh, we hope to see you there. I mean, if you see us, come up, say hi, buy us a beer, because we drink beers. And if you don't see us there, we'll see you at the parade. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.